Hey, DJ Fluck here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Hey guys, I'm Kelly Tennant from the Platform Podcast, and you're listening to the Stadium Scene Podcast. Live from a makeshift recording studio, somewhere in the middle of the desert, this is the Stadium Scene Podcast. With your hosts, DJ Flook. I suck at trivia and I suck at telling jokes. Kate Thompson. The Jackman, which is just the most awesome name. And Jillian Fisher. No, that was just because I'm crazy as hell. (laughs) You're listening to the Stadium Scene Podcast. And we're back after a, another long break, episode 34 here. Uh, Jillian is, as you probably know by now, covering the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs on Twitter for NBC Sports. Uh, give her a follow at Fisher Jillian. She publishes a quick video every day, plus her other usual hockey videos that she finds entertaining and goes after trolls. So if you like going after trolls, <laughs> you'll love her feed. So Kate's here. Woo! Yeah. All right, Kate. Welcome. I feel like... Oh, I hi to you too. Oh, I feel like I haven't talked to you in quite a while, actually. Yeah, you haven't. Oh, uh, wow. It's okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's life. So... Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. We have a guest with us today. We're really excited uh, that our guest is currently one of the hosts of the big show on BTN, or Big Ten Network, as if you don't know that, uh, and the BTN Tailgate Show. And if that's not enough, you've also seen her covering home games for the Chicago Blackhawks on NBC Sports Chicago, in addition to her other appearances in recent years on the NHL Network and FS1. Kate wrote in the introduction that DJ sucks, but I'm going to act like I didn't see that and say, we can't forget to mention that before it was cool to be one of the jerks in Carolina, she also covered the Carolina Hurricanes for Fox Sports Carolina. So please welcome to the show, Michelle McMahon. Hi, guys. Thank you. What an intro. You didn't get your homework. That's what we I was really hoping. I was really hoping you were going to read that one word for word. Yeah, I'm not I'm not Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I, I actually read. Sometimes ahead. I am. It's trickier <laughs> than it looks. Reading out of the teleprompter. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, and, I mean, you do that for a living, and <laughs> I'm oh. I, I read ahead for that very reason. So this is why we can't let Kate <laughs> write the notes. So oh. you know, it, it's 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 awesome having you on the on the show here today with us because. As a alum of a Big Ten school and a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks, you get a lot of airtime on our TV in our house, which is uh, oh, well, thank you. pretty pretty crazy um, to, to actually be able to, to reach out and talk to you. So 
let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Before you got into TV, you went to the University of Michigan. And, I did, yes. And you played volleyball. Uh-huh. So playing volleyball, I mean, being an athlete, neither of us were, were college athletes, but I mean, it, it's a pretty grueling schedule from what we can figure out to be a college athlete. In addition to being at a tough academic school like Michigan, uh, that's the nicest compliment you're going to get out of me about Michigan. But, <laughs> but I'll take it. But how how do you go about being a four year volleyball player at Michigan and also being able to keep up with your studies? What what is that like? Oh gosh, yeah, it, it was a challenge as I jog my memory back. I guess it's not too long ago, but as the years go by, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm becoming an old lady. <laughs> um, you know, it's it was really challenging. When I look back on my years at Michigan, I'm like, and look at some of the current athletes, I'm like looking at them. And some of them, I tell them, like, these years are going to be harder than the real world. Just so you know, you're going to be well prepared. <laughs> it is such a grind. Like, I can't even express to you how, I don't even know. I look back, I'm like, how did I do all that? Because now I'm, like, not doing nearly as much. And I feel like I'm busier than ever and overwhelmed. And it's, like, not even close. Because you're being pulled in so many different directions when you're a student athlete in college. On the mental level, the emotional level the physical level, like, I just look back and I just remember being so tired. And actually, school was my favorite part. I, like, I'm a nerd at heart, so, like, going to class and stuff wasn't really hard for me because I was motivated to do it because I loved it. But then, you know, you think about the time that you put into volleyball, and then it's literally, like, I, for example, a day in the life would be I'd wake up, go to class, then go to practice, then study all night, probably till, like, midnight, and then you go to bed. And you wake up super early and you do it all over again. So, and then on the weekend, sometimes you're traveling. Like we would travel to different Big Ten schools. We'd, we'd be gone Friday, Saturday, sometimes midweek, depending on the schedule. And our professors at Michigan did not care if you were an athlete. So that was not an excusable reason to be gone. Like they weren't necessarily like going to dock me for it, but they weren't necessarily going to be overly like, oh, it's okay. So that part was hard, too. So really building those professional relationships with my professors was important. But, yeah, I, I don't know how I did it. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I don't think I did it, like, extremely well. Uh, well. Like, I, I worked with a sports psychologist for four years, and that definitely helped me find a little bit of balance. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's like the very formative years of your life, and – and it's not easy, but it's so rewarding because it teaches you so much about life. And it, I felt like it did prepare me as difficult as it was for life after sports. And on top of that, for you know, for those listening, she's being really modest right now because she did walk away as a three-time academic All-Big Ten and a two-time Big Ten Distinguished Scholar. So, so you, you clearly did something right. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, that you know what the school part was the like probably easier for me than the volleyball part was just because I I'm telling you I'm a nerd. I was like front row. Like my teammates would be sitting in the back, and I was like, "Sorry guys, gotta go, gotta sit in the front. We gotta learn." And they're like making fun of me, like, "What is she doing?" I'm like, "You guys talk the whole time. I'm here to learn." Okay, <laughs> so um, I guess that is <laughs> partially how it blends so well with what I'm doing now. But um, yeah, I guess you could call me a, a nerd at that i definitely still do enjoy doing my research and learning about random things that life brings us i mean just to make sure i'm not crazy here kate when yeah. you, you were in school 
you were on the, the, the Dean's list as well, as was I. And I mean the bad one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> For sure. Just on, off, on, off. And then, hey, one, one good quarter, or a good semester there. I mean, that, that's just crazy. It's just, it's, it's amazing to do this for a four year stretch, let alone, you know, like think about it. That's, that is so, so wild. So, so moving on after college, it, it sounds like you kind of had it in your mind. You wanted to be on TV. I mean, how long was that something that came up in college or did you just know you wanted to go on TV? Yeah. Um, that's a great question <clears throat> because while I, I kind of knew it in college, it was like an, uh, an option, I guess that I saw because one of my former teammates, um, Megan Bauer at the time, she worked for big 10 network as one of their volleyball analysts. And that was kind of something that I was like, huh, wait, people get paid to talk about sports. Like, that's a thing. Because I honestly did not know for a long time what I wanted to do in after college. And then I, I would say about, like, junior year is when I really started to investigate, like, hmm, what is this broadcasting thing that they talk about? And then I interned at a news station in Madison, Wisconsin, actually, which was such a fun summer and such a fun activity. Because as an athlete, you don't get the same opportunity or time frames to really dive into those interests and do internships during the year because you are grinding away at your sport. Um, so summer was really the only time I had to do that. And I went to Madison, Wisconsin, and I saw the sports news side of things, like at a news station. And I looked at that model, and I was like, oh, oh gosh. Like, it's fun to talk about sports, but like, I do not want to do news. Like, that was, like, kind of, like, a, a good, like, direction for me as far as how I chose the route that I chose, I guess. And then my senior year, it was like, okay, the seed was planted, like, I saw that I could maybe do it. I mean, I really sucked at it, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> like, I look back at some of my stuff, I'm like, God, I must have had the heart of a lion really believing that I could do this because I was real bad. Um, but I, I would do some, like, fun things for mgoblue.com and just whatever I could get my hands on because there really wasn't a ton of opportunity. There was no journalism program at Michigan, so I didn't really have the backing educationally to do that. But it was just, like, an interest of mine, like, I love the performance aspect of it, but mostly, like, I just had a passion for sports. I grew up playing them my entire life. I was an athlete. I was a competitor, and it was just something that I didn't really know what else I would want to do in this life, so why not go for sports broadcasting? But then it was just kind of like, okay, how do you do that now? So I didn't want to be in a small market and work my way up from there. In a sense, I was like, I'm going to move to Chicago. Hopefully, I can work for BTN. If that doesn't work out, then I guess I'm just not meant to do this TV thing. And then, um, I mean, this is a very spark notes version of, of how I got into it. But then I um, networked. I was able to get my foot in the door at BTN and auditioned for the volleyball analyst spot, which I thought was available, to which they told me, no, sorry, maybe we'll connect another time. And I was persistent. I was a persistent little bugger. I said, okay. Actually, I got told no before I came in for the audition. Then I was like, all right, I hear you know, I get I get that the position might not be open, but like, can I just come in and see if I can do this? Because if I really suck at this and if I have no future in this, like let's save each other time now and down the road. So I went in, did the audition, and then that's when a random little mini, mini, mini spot opened up on one of their um, one of their shows and then and then I worked a gazillion jobs on the side to supplement my broadcast income because working on a women's sports report show once a week for 10 weeks and was not going to pay my bills here in Chicago. So I did sales. I was selling freight to truck drivers in my first 
real job. Then I switched to medical device sales because there was more freedom and autonomy to work from home. Thought maybe that could give me some flexibility with my volleyball analysis work. And then I, I had to choose. I got a fork in the road. I, I took a leap of faith and I said, all right, I, I'm going to quit this amazing job, medical device sales, the stock options, the good salary, all this stuff. And I'm going to go with my passion here and take a chance and see if it worked out. So I quit sales and committed to broadcasting. And it was not like, oh, here you go. Like the road is now open for you. It was a lot of work. I got to pick up. I was like, I, I was working. I was I was working as a pure bar instructor. I was um, working at Athleta in um, anyone that has worked in uh, clothing or apparel or what, retail will, will know that that job is, is exhausting. Um, and then I was just about to start my bartending job and then I got the call from the hurricane wow. actually. So I, I just, it uh, did work out relatively quick. But, just yeah. to stop you right there, just to kind of back up a second. You know, you one of the things, and I noticed this when I was reading an interview, and you know, this is the big thing that I, I see a common uh, trait with a lot of people who've gone down the same path as you. And it's just the one day yeah. they took that risk and that leap of faith and said, "I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to risk complete financial ruin and risk living in my car <laughs> to follow my passion." And I think that's that's awesome. That you know, that, that a you did it, and b it clearly worked out for you thank you yeah it really was it's a risk and anything i mean anything worth having definitely i think requires a risk but yeah people looked at me like i was insane i remember my coworker, her dad was the president of the medical device sales company i was working for at the time and i told her and i was afraid to tell her that i quit because i just i had that pit in my stomach you know like when you know you're not following your path and you know you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing or what you're capable of doing i just like woke up every day and i'm like ugh. My stomach hurts. Like, I can't do this anymore. And so when I told my coworker I was quitting, she's like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm not mad at you, but, like, what are you going to do? And I was like, you know, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to do these hockey reports for BTN because the digital space is untapped. And I love hockey. And that seems to be, you know, anyways, that was, like, I pitched the project to BTN. That's how I started to get out of volleyball and more into the other sports. But, yeah, it definitely was a risk. And I had to tell my parents, like, Hey, I'm giving up this great job that I could be promoted four times by where I am now to where I was then and, you know, making a killing and having probably set for life by the age, whatever, if this company goes public and all that stuff. And I'm leaving that behind because I hate it. I am miserable. I don't like walking through hospitals next to people that are struggling and your death like that is. Like, oh, it just sucked the life out of me. And I wanted to help every single person. And I wanted to give my product for free because I was like, this is just like heart wrenching. Like I, and then I learned a lot about how our healthcare system works. And it was just like eye opening on so many levels. And I was like, this is wrong. All this. I'm like, I, I couldn't do it. Like morally, I just couldn't. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that went into that, but anyways, it was, yeah. I mean, so far it's paid off. I just, I keep saying to myself, the minute I stop having fun, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and, and I tell my bosses that too. So then it's a, it's a win-win on both sides. I'm like, you know what? The minute it starts being a job, then I think we got to part ways. So you mentioned your, your big break in going to the Carolina hurricanes. I can, I mean, I can only imagine how you feel about their, their run right now. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think we can thank Don Cherry a little bit for this. I mean, this is- <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, my friend Marie, who I went down to visit and was, kind enough to give me a ticket and the whole experience was 
um, she had a great idea that we should like make him a suit out of the <laughs> bunch of jerks, like the towels they made, like the white towels, you know, because he had those crazy suits and just like let him wear it. He said, I bet he would do it. Somebody should pitch it. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, it's been unbelievable. And I've actually met Don Cherry when I was with NHL Network and he's a, he's a super nice guy. So I imagine he's probably wearing it at this point. But um, yeah, you know, it, Carolina is such a special place for me because they were, they were the first really networked to i mean btm was my was my early roots and definitely gave me the the tools and the um you know building blocks to get there but yeah carolina was the first place that really believed in me and wanted me to be a key part of their broadcast and their fans were so kind to me like as soon as i got down there a girl from the north that they probably knew didn't know from adam and and they were so receptive and um, immediately just embraced me with open arms. So that that in itself, and I came during a very interesting time. It was transitionary or transitional, and the young guys were just getting started, and it was the early, early phases of the rebuild, I guess. So it was a challenge. You know, the team wasn't winning as much, and the fan base was not thinning out, but the seats weren't as sold as they were in the environment that I saw this last week. My gosh. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel it on the fan side. I feel it on the athlete side everyone that works for the organization who I have so much respect for and so many fond memories with, um, you know, it's just really, I'm, I can't, I'm just genuinely so happy for everybody involved in the organization to be going through such a cool experience because they deserve it. It's been a long time coming and it's really, really, really cool to see how different the, the environment is from when I was there working from now when I could actually be part of the fan experience and, just really bask in it. It was awesome. I really, I, I'm so happy for them. Everybody involved. I mean, there's just so many good people. And Rod Brindamore being the coach now too is, he's just, he's awesome. His wife's awesome. The family. I mean, it's just like a family environment down there for yeah, sure. And there's nothing better than the, uh, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs in person. I mean, I, I paid a small fortune, a couple of times to get into playoff games in the United Center, and even standing up in the 300 level above the 300 level where you can barely see a thing it's just it's 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 so hard to describe but i mean it's just it's just yeah. amazing it's just electric it is it's indescribable yeah exactly like you said i had goosebumps the entire time like i forgot what it was like to be a fan almost too being back in carolina because i can't remember the last time i truly went to a sporting event in that on that stage of the playoffs and actually had a vested interest and who won or like could have invested in drugs because you attach yourself when you're in the media, right? Like you kind of hold back your cards of who you're cheering for and whatnot. But this was just like such a, oh, there's nothing like it. You can't even explain it. It was so, so, so cool. So let's, let's jump back into how Chicago came back into the picture. Um, so one of the things yeah. I, I never did quite figure out is Coming back to Chicago, did the Blackhawks come first or did BTN come first? Or was it like literally the same time? Um, BTN came first. So when I moved back here, I actually thought I was done with the NHL. Um, you know, as you know, Chicago's home for me. And coming back here, I was super excited. BTN has always been a part of my career, even along the way when I was um, in Carolina and in, uh, in New York and New Jersey. I was still freelancing for BTN. And then had kind of earned the right to be in a uh, broader capacity that I had, had been hoping for when I first got started and probably wasn't ready for at the time when I first got started in the industry. So, um, yeah, BTN came first. I have um, really good relationships 
there and it's that they're absolutely family to me and have been the people that really started my career and gave me early feedback and um, especially at, starting at, with Mark at the top, he's been a tremendous impact on my career. And so when I came back, I thought I was going all college, college football, college basketball. We do the show called BTN Tailgate, which you mentioned at the top, which I love doing. And I'm doing sideline reporting for live events, um, all that stuff. And then volleyball, of course. And then um, the Blackhawks came about after the fact. It was kind of a last minute, um, not last minute, but it was like, I was in the area. They were looking to fill that role, and um, I had just come from NHL Network, so obviously I had that background of of working in hockey and working for the Blackhawks is something that I literally can't even tell you. That too is just like so the magic of when you do take that risk and when things start to fall into place for you. My entire path has been that. You know, when you are aligned with what you're supposed to be doing, I think I'm a little woo woo like that, but. Um, <laughs> So that, yeah, it kind of, it, it did come to me. And, it, and I I had relationships, too, at the NBC Sports um, in New Jersey, New York City. So I had met with some people up there, and then they let their people know at NBC Sports Chicago that I was in the area. And um, I had meetings with them, and they just kind of mapped out what they were thinking for the role. It was kind of something that they had tried in the past. Didn't really know. They had rotated through a couple people. Just the format of the role wasn't always as clear I guess and they were trying to figure it out for themselves too so it was kind of a learn as we go together and let the the role kind of evolve and um it was definitely a, a new challenge for me to step into but also like my gosh a dream come true I remember being in my living room in 2015 or you know during one two of the three Stanley Cups actually all three I think I was in Chicago and watching them on TV the Blackhawks and thinking my god I'm setting up my meetings for these with these neurosurgeons to sell this medical device to and what I really want to be doing is at the action covering hockey like how how cool would that be and then here I am doing it a couple of years later obviously they're they're not in the playoffs yet but they'll be back but no it's been an awesome experience I mean that that was just like crazy I mean I'm I'm doing everything that I really set out to do starting with BTN first and foremost as um you know they always hold my loyalty as they were the first the very first people to give me a shot. So, yeah, and, and but what's, it, what's, it's nice. What's crazy about it, too, being in, in both positions is, like, I, I remember last fall watching BTN Tailgate. You're on a campus broadcasting from the campus at, like, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then I turn on the Blackhawks game later on that day, and there you are. Like, you had gone straight <laughs> from the campus up yeah. to the United Center and covered, you know, another yeah. three and a half, four hours <laughs> working for the Blackhawks <laughs> in the same day. Oh. Michigan volleyball prepared me for that. I'm so those those me moments. tired thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's pure adrenaline, right? Like when you're involved in the sports action, like that that momentum you described of like being a part of the the playoff action when you're there, and it's just like being that close to the action gets you going. You know, it just like gets you excited and. Reminds me of my athlete days. So yeah, no, definitely half adrenaline, half of just get by. But no, it's it, I wouldn't take on anything I didn't think I I can handle. But I I'll like I there were a couple of times even actually this is kind of a side tangent. But when I worked for NHL Network doing that show NHL Now Monday through Friday, I did tailgate that year also. So I would fly out of New Jersey Friday night, and then um, sometimes my flight made it. Sometimes it didn't. There was one time I literally, and it's probably not safe. I probably, if I could look back and do it, I'd be like, maybe I shouldn't do this. But 
I drove through the night. I got my flight from, and there was like three weekends in a row that my flights got either like delayed or canceled or like I just had to drive through the night. So I landed in Chicago. I was supposed to go to Iowa, but my flight from Chicago, oh, man. not only was it so delayed from New Jersey to Chicago, and then, so I didn't get to Chicago till like one in the morning, and then my flight from Chicago to Iowa was delayed, 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 and I'm like, oh, sorry, it's canceled. I'm like, you could have saved me two hours. I could have been driving already, but. <laughs> Anyways, I literally drove through the night. I got there at like 6 a.m., got ready for tailgate, and then I was on, on air that next morning. So literally, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I'm like, sometimes doing my makeup in a Starbucks bathroom, and I'm like, oh, my God, if people only actually knew the behind the scenes of what this is actually like, they would they would laugh. It's definitely one of the reasons why so. I don't live in Chicago anymore. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Every time I, I want to fly out somewhere, yeah. I'm sitting there for hours in O'Hare watching. Yeah. Fly to Midway. Fly to Midway. That's Midway's okay. better. That's, yeah, that's what I hear. So I, I just want to ask you a few questions about some of the uh, the, the people that you've you've worked with in recent years. And I want, I'm going to start with the, uh, the Blackhawks crew. I don't know if there's a more uh, group of characters that you could put together. I mean, you have... You have Steve Conroy, you have John Allmayers, Patrick Sharp, Eddie Olchek, <laughs> and you know the legendary Pat Foley. <laughs> I don't know where to start with. That. Right. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean these these you know all of these, are, you know all, well no, I guess technically all of them have Stanley Cup rings. They've all right. you know, with the exception of Pat Foley, all played many years in the league. And are now on TV, and you know it, it's clear. Like you could tell personalities when they were playing, but you really see it now on TV. And I mean, just please tell, <laughs> please tell me that's what they're like off camera too. Oh yes, oh yes, they're exactly. I, that's what part of my favorite parts about it. And and Pat Boyle in that mix as well. He's such a nice nice guy too. And Charlie Romeliotis, who we work with quite a bit, has the best name going in uh, for our NBC Sports Chicago crew. But Yes, they're genuine. They are very, and I think that's the hockey culture in general. What you see is what you get, especially Edzo. Um, he is somebody that's been a mentor for me for, gosh, the years I've been doing this. Um, and, you know, it, it, it cracks me up, too. Like, I'll be on the sideline in the Zamboni hole or wherever I am wandering around the United Center and just listening to them go back and forth, and their banter just, like, cracks me up. And then you have somebody like Patrick Sharp and Jamal Mayers, Adam Burris, those guys. Couldn't be any nicer. I mean, you would never know that they have a Stanley Cup ring to them if you, if you didn't know them outside of their sport. They're just really genuine, good guys. You can see the work that Patrick Sharp is doing on NBC Sports. He is so good. I Like, from day one, I'm like, oh, my God, you were meant to be on TV. Like, this is so you, you know, like, in a nutshell. And he's so I'm, humble and modest about it. And, and I'm um, sure, like, you know, he's always seems like he's competing for, like, the, you know, the sexiest athlete in Chicago. I'm sure his agent, <laughs> I, I'm sure his agent was like, take care of that face. Take care of that, those right. teeth. <laughs> I'm sure, I know. He, you, he, but he would never even, like, admit that. He would, it's so crazy sometimes, these guys that are, I mean, all the, I'll say all the athletes too that I get to work with are extremely humble, and it's um, I think it's just the the culture of the NHL that that breeds that. But no, then Steve Conroy, super easygoing, like a nice, like I feel like he's my dad, like just very very kind. Um, yeah, it's a great crew. We really, they, the Blackhawks are really lucky to have so many great people around the organization, and um, I'm glad to be a part of it. So. Jumping back, we're going back and forth here on you know your your experience with BTN tailgate. I, I remember right before I'm I think it was before no I don't remember but I saw the I saw the semi truck 
and your picture was right on the side of the truck. I mean, what does it feel <laughs> knowing that there's a truck driving across the country every weekend with your face on the side of it? <laughs> it's so funny. It was it was funny too because year one they weren't sure I was not technically casted on the show quite yet, and then I was. So my face wasn't on the truck year one. So year two when I was on it, it was like a big milestone. My mom, my mom was the most excited out of all of us. She was, <laughs> she was thrilled. She's like, your face on the truck. Um, for me, yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. It's also just kind of like, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel so normal where it's kind of like, I don't understand why people even care <laughs> on a truck. But um, no, it's cool. Like was when I, another like really big goal of mine when I first, started TV and sports TV was um, college game day. I was like, oh, that'd be so fun to do a show like that. And then here I am with ETN doing something very similar. And yeah, it's cool. It's an honor. I mean, those guys are awesome to work with and it's it's crazy. It's, it's just really, yeah, it's unique. It's definitely, I never really thought about that. That's a good question. It's, it's just kind of, it's kind of funny. I'm like, there's my face right there. And I, I he's guess. asking because he's planning on getting a truck with his face on it. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Oh my you know, god, that's babe, amazing. I'm just gonna stick with the, I highly the magnets it. and put it on the side of my car for now. Just... I can connect you to the marketing people if you <laughs> want to know where they got our our cutouts. I, I'd be t actually that would be I don't know how I'd react to that if I would be driving down the highway in my car and my face would be like plastered on the side of my car. That that would just be, oh, no, you're <laughs> that would yeah. be weird. <laughs> Draw attention to us. So that's funny. For sure. Yeah, exactly. You should do one for the podcast. So, so and I can't move on from from BTN tailgate without mentioning Spice Adams. Uh, speaking oh, of another yes. character, you you He's do a, a segment with him where he tries <laughs> other sports. And and for those who aren't familiar with Spice, he's a former football player. He's a size of a football player. And watching him jump into a pool and swim laps, or get on ice skates <laughs> for the first time and try to play <laughs> hockey. I mean, that's just, I don't know whose idea it was, but it was brilliant. Oh, my gosh. It was Corey Waller. He's one of our producers on the show. And he he's hilarious. I mean, it's just all genuine, authentic, too. And part of the funniest part about those segments is, like, the athletes on the other side of it who probably have no idea what they're walking into. And then here they see this character, all 300 and something pounds of him, dressed up in everything ranging from a gymnastic costume <laughs> to um, <laughs> ultimate grilling costumes to soccer. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. What I don't know where he gets half of the outfits from. At one time he had like this multicolored, multidimensional windsuit that he brought to the cheer squad at Northwestern. It's amazing. I'm like, your wife must be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> who is this man? But no, it's really, it's the highlight of my week, really. Every week when we talk about the show starting on Mondays, I'm always like, all right, what's the Spice versus this week? Like, what are we getting ourselves into? It's my favorite. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm like biased and I'm the only one laughing at these things, but I think uh, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, and, and no, it's, I'm, well, at least one person's watching it. So I'll, I'll see. The, the clip will end <laughs> well, you up and my mom, so there's two. Okay, so the clip ends up on social media. I make sure if I miss it live, I will make sure to go back and watch it online. It's oh my it's gosh, it's high, so highly good. worth checking out. It's it's worth your time for he's sure. He's so funny. I like and then his skits. He's just the best. He's he's like a big teddy bear. I mean, I love him like my brother. He is so freaking funny. So on after all this, uh, the goofiness, uh, um, kind of we'll finish up with a, a more serious note. 
Um, you know, I, obviously, I mentioned to you, I, I went to Purdue, and one of the, the big college football stories, even nationwide this year, was uh, the nation learning about the late Purdue student, Tyler Trent, um, who had a rare form of bone cancer, but, you know, that never stopped him from being out at the, at the games, uh, you know, using his platform to, to inspire others uh, with his, you know, cancer awareness. And, I mean, he was just generally well wise beyond his years. And you had a chance to, to sit down and meet him. So what, what was that experience like for you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a first and foremost, my thoughts and prayers still with his family because I had the chance to meet them as well when I was in um, Indiana for for one of our shows. And he, I mean, one of a kind, just remarkable. I Like, just even being in the same room with him, I went to their house um, when I had some time at the Big Ten Championship game. So outside of meeting him the first time, I was just blown away when I, when I first met him. I'm like, I cannot believe that this kid – has the perspective at age, what, 20, 21? Yeah, I think he's 19 or 20, yeah. Yeah, and just the the grace that he was able to talk with and the perspective. Like, I, when I did that interview with him on air, like, I was crying. Like, my, I had tears rolling down my face as I was like, hold it together, like, put a smile on your face. And that's like, and just the words that he shared with everybody on, and the, the message he shared every day in in the rest of the life that he had once he knew once he knew his fate was just unbelievable and how many opportunities do you get in life to interact with somebody that is staring down the end of their life and still so selflessly willing to give their knowledge and their love and their just their words of wisdom and their and their time their finite time like they are told you have this amount of time to live and he was somebody that gave everybody the time of day anyone that wanted to talk to him he spoke with and then to have the impact in such a small amount of time that he did and to write the book that he did. And, you know, I'm looking at the book that one of the copies of the books that I ordered that he wrote, um, you know, that I will never, ever, ever forget that moment of interviewing him <clears throat> on BTM, but then also in private when the following weekend we were in um, Indianapolis for the big 10 championship and that's closer to where they live. So I had a chance to, talk with him in private and there were just some things that you know I I even asked him advice you know because as glamorous as my life looks and you know uh, the on-air thing looks like it's oh you have everything all together like there are still definitely challenges that you go through being in a male-dominated space and sometimes it's hard but like I would in that moment talk to Tyler about something like that and just say hey you know here's something that was told to me today in this space you know what do you think? And, you know, just his advice on that. And just one thing I will never forget what he told me about was that, like, sometimes being a woman in sports, you can feel like it's not really your place to be there. And I'm sure Jillian, the troll that she oh, fights against, that's something that she deals with. And it's imposter syndrome is one of the terms that is thrown out there. And that's sometimes how it feels, no matter how welcoming your crew is, no matter how... Um, kind everyone you're working with is there's still that feeling of like do I really belong here and that was something that Tyler and I talked about and that was something like he gave me the courage and the strength of like no you absolutely belong where you are and your perspective and your words are just as valuable as anyone else you're working with and everyone has a story to share it just takes one person to sit down and listen and he's like you need to share your story you need to, it's valid, it's valid, it's valued, like, 
stay with it. Like you're in the right place. And like, just even hearing that from somebody like him, that I'm like, Oh my God, you know, just little things like that. And just, and I'm like, here I am, you know, what am I to complain about? You're talking to somebody that's, you know, dealing with terminal cancer and he still has the wisdom and the knowledge and the foresight to be able to comfort somebody like me who's dealing with not even nearly the same amount of issues, but, um, and his parents couldn't be nicer. I mean, just for what they were going through as a family, it was, it was unbelievable, and I'll never forget it. And he's somebody that it changed my life in the small amount of time that I had to, to see him and to really talk with him. And um, I'll always be forever grateful for that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I never met the guy, but, I mean, we were definitely connected by the, the whole Purdue family, and it just kind of feels like you've, you've known him for a long time just because, like, you know, I, I, I knew him. I, I knew of him before he kind of hit his national uh you know the the local kind of Purdue bloggers knew about him when you know he's camping out the night before for a football game when right not not a lot of people were showing up at the time but he was you know he was there camping out the night before by himself and and right. it was just it was you know it was just crazy and and I mean I I keep I have it actually have a uh, a Tyler Trent bobblehead that I keep on my desk and it's just kind of a reminder just to keep it you know keep it in check like it's just one of those things where it's 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 a good reminder on a daily basis when you're dealing with the the crap of everyday life yeah and to keep spreading the light you know like to do what he did i mean the loyalty and just the joy and kindness he shared you know that's that's the biggest thing that it's all about really for me so on that note Kate's been waiting patiently to ask her uh, five fun, fast facts. And what we were laughing about before we started recording is she made a list. On, <laughs> she made a list on the notes, and the numbering somehow got screwed up. So the questions are numbered two, three, four, one, seven. <laughs> I, Amazing! I, I don't know why. So, Kate, you can wake up now. Okay, sweet. So, Wow, I just blanked for a second. Okay, so I just found out that I can buy a magnet for DJ's birthday of his face oh, to send to him. For get out. That's $50. $50, that's not bad. Yeah, and it's about 18 inches by 18 inches, so it'll be a significant size for his car. <laughs> I'm really excited. That sounds perfect. I'm so glad that this time was well spent. <laughs> so, what is your best purchase under fifty dollars? Well, well played. Under fifty dollars? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's a really good question. Gosh, I'll say the Tyler Trent book. Okay. What toppings belong on a hot dog? Ooh, uh, I say everything. I like. I'll go as far as chili, mustard, uh, ketchup. What? Watch pickles. I don't it. like relish. I want re- I want regular sliced pickles, like not the sweet stuff. That's gross. Um, I could throw. I could get down with some tomatoes, maybe some onions. My breath won't smell great afterwards, but <laughs> it'll be worth it because the hot dog will be delicious. We have this place actually called Yesterdog in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I grew up. Oh my God! If you ever go to Grand Rapids, you have to go to Yesterdog. Hole in the wall, cash only hot dog place. It is the best. Ooh, I'd even throw some sauerkraut on there too. Oh, good choice. Probably should have mentioned I'm from Chicago before I asked that. (laughs) And I'm sorry if I offended you. (laughs) What single instant in your career caused you to go, yeah, I'm successful? Oh, 
cool question. Um, I guess it depends on your definition of success, which I'm learning has a different meaning for me now than it did back in the day. But I'll say probably covering the Stanley Cup final when the Penguins won and I was working for NHL Network and I was interviewing Sidney Crosby on the ice and I was like, oh my God, how did I get here? <laughs> this is crazy. So probably that. Awesome. What piece of advice would you give your early career self? Ooh, good question. I would say uh, calm down. It's all going to work out. And focus on being yourself and don't neglect yourself. Don't let your, don't let your self-care fall by the wayside just because your career accomplishments are great, but don't uh, – don't forget the other parts of life that are really important and don't miss out on the process and the journey because if you miss out on those small moments along the way, you're never going to be satisfied. So just enjoy where you're at, have faith that it's going to work out, and just keep trying as best as possible to be present and enjoy every moment because it's all fleeting. Okay. And then finally, question number seven. Um <laughs> What is your go-to Starbucks drink? A nice try, DJ. <laughs> I vandalized the um, well, teleprompter. <laughs> I actually, true story, I hate the teleprompter. I don't ever use it if I don't have to. I hate it. Like, I, sometimes I, like, question my reading skills, and I'm like, is that a, a that or a he or what is going on in there? I, like, I hate it. Um, that's side note tangent. My order from Starbucks, well, recently I got a puppy, so... He's a golden retriever, three months old. If you have an Instagram, you should follow him, Maverick the Golden Child. Shameless plug. So Puppuccino is my go-to order for him now. We just went there today. But if I'm ordering for me, I usually will do, depends if it's summer or winter. In the, in the winter, I've been feeling the chai latte with coconut milk because I can't do dairy, sadly. And then in the summer, I'll do like a iced coconut milk latte. With one pump of vanilla, I'm that annoying person in line. I'm like, just a just a pump, and everyone behind me, I'm like, don't judge me. I know I'm asking for a lot. Yeah, and I, I can't do the dairy either. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll have a, a, a chai latte with soy, and it's like, oh, you <laughs> snob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like something about the soy too that's like extra snobby. I just don't want to feel like crap the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I actually just did an allergy test, and milk is still not a good thing for me. So, yeah, I, <laughs> too I, much I, information. I, but yeah, trust me, I feel your pain. <laughs> oh, so, so good. That that's uh, that's gonna wrap it up. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, you got your uh, your work, your social media. You want to plug? Oh, um, my so my work. Yeah, your social media. What did you say? What was the question? Oh, um, I'm at Mish McMahon. Uh, Mish underscore McMahon. Mish comes from, it's like a nickname. Michelle felt too long. I even think back in the day, this is like, again, a lot, I, I talk a lot, so I work in this space for a living. But um, Michelle McMahon was too long-winded. But MishMcMahon.com, or no, Mish underscore McMahon on Instagram and Twitter. And then I have a website too, MichelleMcMahon.com. <laughs> Thank a 30 you. second answer for a question that should have been 10 seconds that's okay <laughs> that's all right you know we we like trying to keep time at like 30 minutes and i can see i'm at 43 already i'm like ah we blew it again whatever <laughs> Oops, i'm sorry you know, my bad. Hey, you know what it's it's great content people love it 
I don't know oh, why good. they want to listen well, to me, me talking, know. but they do. I mean, Kate, Kate usually <laughs> yeah, texts me good. five times a show saying, shut up, you're talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me get to my seven questions, dang it. <laughs> You were patient. I'm I'm so uh, sorry you had to I, wait that entire time. I, I don't know. I didn't look at my phone this time, but usually I will get at least one or two texts from her during the so show saying, shut up. <laughs> her, her we're on the phone right now. You know, and you know, Kate and I, we used to work in the same office together before I uh, got sick of snow and retired and moved west. Um, but not, not really retired. But yeah, it's uh, this this. this relationship like this has been going back for many years now which is kind of weird to That's say amazing. all right so we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up again stadiumscene.tv give us a follow on our social media uh, at stadium scene on facebook twitter and pinterest and stadium underscore scene on instagram thanks for listening and we'll see you next time